0: Would you just honor the Lord for a moment and worship him and pray that the interpreter will speak? Father, we thank you, Lord. Have your way in this house. In the name of Jesus. The Bible tells us that if tongues go out, then we give them an open interpretation. If the interpretation don't come, then we just remain silent and we go on. Open not up to confusion. We're so glad that you're here this morning. I went over and I congratulated that young lady. What a marvelous job. Can you say amen? What a marvelous job. I wanted to hug and get that to rub off on me a little bit. Amen that anointing of the Holy Spirit. I feel like that I need to get right into my message this morning. I do believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. I believe that the Holy Spirit, when the tongues went out, folks, if you have the interpretation, don't pause, don't hesitate. That gives the enemy time for you to doubt. It gives the enemy, God's wanting to raise up people to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But if you're not careful, if you wait long long enough, it can open up to chaos. That's why it's supposed to move fastly and speedily and in order, and that's why we move on if it does not happen, just to give you a little clarification. I want us to open our Bibles up to the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. This is going to be different. I was going to preach again. The Lord is just working differently with me this December. I usually preach at least two or three Christmas messages. My Christmas message, hopefully, will come next week. I feel like the Lord's already given me a little bit of a insight on what to preach on but I'm not going to be preaching long this morning because we're going to have a full day today. We're going to be having, of course, our three o'clock service. Uh, is it three o'clock? I believe it is. And then again tonight, for our, our uh, service, for uh, we're having two different services going on for our play and our program. So I want to get into the Word of God, and I want to do what God's instructed me, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to see God move on our behalf. I believe that with all of my heart. Psalms chapter two, starting with verse eight. If you'd stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord. It says, Ask of me, and I shall give you the, the heathen of thy inheritance of the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. I'm going to ask Brother Williams, would you ask the Lord's anointing on the word today, please? Amen. Now we know within the next five services that we're going to be having anywhere from three thousand to five thousand people enter into our doors to enjoy what we call our East our Christmas program. This is a special time of the year when we're so privileged to have all of these different guests and visitors to come through our doors and hear the message of Jesus Christ. And though the message be in what we call a play form, yet for many, this will be the very first time that they will ever hear the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And even though we are privileged to have this amount of people come through our doors, many churches don't have that many visitors in 10 to 20 years. But we're so privileged to have them, but yet even though with that privilege carries a great weight of responsibility upon us. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 12, verse 48, to whom much is given, much is required. When we have three to 5,000 people walk through the door, that's what we've been averaging over the last few years. There's a great weight of responsibility upon this church, and we have to understand that God is entrusting that amount of people to us. He's amounting, he is trusting that amount of people for us to minister to. I want to thank all of the cast, the musicians, the singers, the workers, the sound men, the dancers, the media and all that have given their time and rehearsal and practice to make this special event successful. I want you to understand we appreciate you. Would you give them a great big hand of appreciation? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) This event that's going to be taking place in the next five services takes a lot of hard work. It demands a lot of sacrifice and especially a lot of time for those that are involved. There have been people that have been working on this. Randy West has been working on this since January 1 of this year. Because, And he'll already start on next year, the Lord willing, starting January again. That man goes into warfare every year. He's sitting in the back of the service today because he's afflicted. He's in much pain, but he's here. And I bind the enemy that is against that man of God in the name of Jesus Christ and I speak healing. If someone's sitting by him, just lift your hand out there and touch him and ask God to heal him here this morning. And let me tell you, there are other people that come alongside of him that starts in around June and some in July and others August and the cash starts in, in September and it is a battle. It is a battle from the time that you start to the time that you finish and I applaud these people and I thank them for their involvement and their sacrifice. However, even though that you as a member of the palace may not be personally involved at all in this play and you might not even be working behind the scenes yet it is you that carries the greatest weight of all and it is you that the greater demand is actually given to. I want you to understand that. You say, well I ain't got anything. I don't sing. I don't, I don't act. I don't work behind the scenes. It doesn't matter. There's a greater demand upon you as a palace member than anybody else. Psalms 2 is known as the reign of the anointing. Oh, hello. And I want to tell you that God God wants his anointing to reign in this place? How many wants the anointing of the Holy Spirit to reign? Hallelujah. Are you ready for it to reign upon the people of God and upon the house of the Lord? And There's a lot that I would like to preach, but i got to stay in context of what's taking place in this event, and we can use this text later on again. But what does the anointing do? We all know what the anointing does by Scripture authority. It breaks the yoke of bondage. And I'm ready to see the anointing reign upon this place to where everybody that walks through those gets in contact with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the chains are breaking off of their lives and the strongholds are broken down to where men and women can be free. How many is ready to see that happen in Papa Bluff, Missouri at the Palace Appraisal 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard? If you want to see that happen, would you stand to your feet? Would you give God an applause? Would you worship him and thank him in advance for what he's about to do? God's about to do this in this place. Hallelujah, Lord, have your way in this house. Have your way in this house, Lord. Glory be to the name of Jesus Christ. Honor and glory be given to our risen King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah, we applaud thee, O Lord. We extol thee, O Majesty, on high. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. But the scriptures that we have chosen for our text reveals to us how that it's God's literal heartbeat for us to believe in him for our cities and for our region and for our nation. Matter of fact, he said, ask of me and I will give you the nations for thy inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possessions. How many wants the nation for the inheritance of the palace of praise? How many of you want the ends of the earth for your possession? We all want the possession. Of the, we want to possess the world. We want God's will in heaven to be done on earth. And we want to possess the land with right. Righteousness. That's what we are. We're to spread the good news. We're to be the light of the world, a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. That is the goal. That's the heartbeat of God to literally take reign of the earth again. How many know that, understand that? And God wants to give the anointing to the church in order that we might see the nations for our inheritance and the end of the earth for our possession. It has always been God's desire for his church to actually win a harvest of souls. We know that. Matter of fact, the golden text of the Bible, John three sixteen seventeen, 17, it, it literally sums it up better than any other scripture in the, in, the, in the Bible. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Who does he love? The world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever will, should, uh, believeth in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I want you to know Jesus Christ's heartbeat is to save the world. The rich, the poor, the black, the white, the Jew, the Gentile, no matter who you are or where you come from, what kind of background you have, it's the will of God to save the lost. As a matter of fact, Acts 2 and 21 tells us it's a whosoever will gospel, and it shall come to pass that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I like what 2 Peter 3 and 9 says. It sums it up. For God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but God's longsuffering to us were not willing that any, not any should perish, but that all should come unto repentance. I love that. I want you to know that the theme through the Bible is that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said? The Apostle Paul said that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners in whom I am chief. In Luke 19 and 10, it tells us that the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the heartbeat of Jesus. That ought to be the heartbeat of the church. That is and should be the heartbeat of every believer in this building today. That we are we are harvest-minded, That we're not just a bunch of people that come in here to get our thrills every Sunday from a preacher so that we can dance and shout and jump. we got to have something to dance about. What I want to dance about is to see people liberated, to see people free, to see people saved, to see people pulled out of the fire, to see people escape hell by the presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. Can I have an amen? I'm about to preach myself happy right now. The heartbeat of God is to give us our cities and our nation for our inheritance. But even though it's God's for him to give us our cities, yet it's not just going to happen. They're not just going to just walk in and flop down and say, I want to be saved. That's not the way it's going to happen. We have to realize that in order to win the sinners that come through our doors, we first of all have to defeat the strong man that is over their life. We have to defeat that thing that's got them bound. We live in the hour of Satan's greatest attack against humanity, against mankind. And can I tell you, But we also live in the church's greatest hour. And let me tell you, these these two kingdoms struggle and fight for the souls of this generation. There is a war going on whether you see it or not. Right now in the heavenlies, uh, the kingdom of darkness is fighting the kingdom of light. The kingdom of Satan is fighting the kingdom of God. And they're warring over the generations that's rising up in our land. We have to realize that every soul that is lost is bound by a strong man or they would not be lost. Can I have an amen? The reason of their lostness is that they're deceived. They're bound. They're enslaved. They're they're they're, they're captivated by one that is stronger than themselves. That that, That strong man he buffets them he influences them, he controls them, he deceives them, he manipulates them and on and on and on the list goes. But Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 29 he said how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind that strong man and then he'll be able to spoil his goods. Let me ask you this question here today. Do you not understand what he Saying that every sinner that comes through those doors are bound, and that man is not going to be freed until that strong man that influences him and controls him, manipulates him is bound. That that influence is stopped. That that deceit is, is broken. That that stronghold and the chains has been released off of that man, that he might hear by the gospel and the gospel penetrate his heart. We have to realize the strong man is that demonic power that has control not only over people and cities and families and nations, but over all regions there are different stages of principalities I don't have time to preach that but there is the, the there is, we don't fight against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places there are different realms of darkness that is set up there are realms over whole territories and regions did you know that there's a strong man over Papa Bluff that he holds this city into a certain captive to a certain influence there are regions you go into and there's spirits of lust that is prominent you go into another region, it's a spirit of suicide that's prominent. You go into another region, it's a spirit of fear that is prominent. There is a Demonic power that sets over regions. But there's also those same demonic entities that are broken down into different levels. That every single person on the face of the earth that's lost has a demon sitting there, mocking them, ridiculing them, by, by, by binding them, lying to them, and intimidating them. And I want you to know it's time that we at the Palace of Praise, we might not be able to change the whole world, but we can change our region. And everybody that walks through that door that's bound. I'm gonna tell them they have hope through Jesus Christ and that this place has a liberating place. It is the reign of God's anointing and we're gonna break down the stronghold that holds them captive and enslaves them to their devices. Hallelujah. They come in here addicted and enslaved to all kinds of different ungodly passions. And it's time that we say enough's enough. You've had our children, you've had our loved ones, you've had our moms and dads long enough, buddy, that the palace of praise is part of it. And we're rising up in authority and power and the reign of the righteousness of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is about to take this place by storm. (laughs) If you believe that, stand to your feet and give him another praise. Come on, praise him for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, yes. You believe it with me? Do you believe it with me? I can't hear you. Do you believe it with me? Hallelujah. Now, We can say that we believe it and we can even get excited about it, but let me tell you, in order for the church to win them, we have to and have them as our inheritance. The strong man must be conquered before his goods can be spooled. Amen? Amen. The inheritance of the church is to see people turn from darkness to light, to see into salvation. It's when they're freed from the kingdom of darkness and they're adopted into the kingdom of his dear son. It's when they are transformed and regenerated and they turn from wicked works to serve the living God. It's total transformation. That's what we're believing in here today. Every unsaved person that enters into this building has a strong man controlling them. Understand that, church. You're not fooling with just flesh and blood. They're bound to the strong man's influence. They're bound by the strong man's deception. That's why they're lost. And when a strong man is fully armed and engaged in the life of an unbeliever, guess what he does? He sits there and he guards his dominion and he keeps his goods protected. That's what he does. The unsaved man cannot react because he is being manipulated by higher power than himself when he's confronted with the gospel of Jesus. The enemy's there buffeting him, lying to him, deceiving him. He can't react like he should because that, buy, that strong man took influence over his life. This is why that Jesus responded the way he did in John chapter 8 verse 43 through 45 to the Jews. Listen to what He says, why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear me, you are the son. Of, you are the you are of your father, the devil. The lust of your father you will do, for he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. And when he speaketh the lie, he speaketh of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe not on me. Now listen to what Jesus said. He asked them a question. He wanted them to come to understand what it was that was hindering them. He says, why is it that you don't understand my speech? Now this is Christ's own words, not being able to penetrate. Think about that. And they say, he says, when I speak, you don't understand me, why is that? He says, it's because you cannot hear my word. Because you are your father, the devil. He's bound you, he seduced you. You are influenced, you are controlled, you are manipulated by this strong man that holds you captive to where the gospel cannot penetrate your heart to where you can be free. Church, the truth of the matter is this. It doesn't matter how much talent is portrayed in our play or how good of singing that we have. It doesn't matter how excellent the cast act. It doesn't matter how well organized it's all put together, how well written it is. If we do not disable the strong man, it will be nothing more than a time of good entertainment for the sinner sitting on our pews. Are you listening to me? If the strong man is not weakened, the play will be no effect at all, and it will accomplish absolutely nothing. Though they put a lot of hard work in it and tears and sweat and prayers, I'm here to tell you that if the strong man's not bound upon the backs of the people that come through this door, then we are doing this play and and this program in vain. Can I have an amen? In order to have spiritual results, we have to have more than just an event or more than just a program. We have to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's not by power, nor by might, or by good talent, or anything else. But by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Do we believe that? Yes, we believe that. The body is going to have to rise up in power and authority and bind and weaken and defeat the strong man in these sinners' lives before they ever even walk through those doors back there. We must set an atmosphere of the anointing so that when the sinner comes into the room, it brings down the armor of defense that the stronghold has put upon their lives. And when that strong man comes in contact with the anointing, guess what happens? He becomes bound. He becomes gagged, for he no longer has influence or control over that sinner. The strong man's power becomes negated. It becomes nullified. The presence of God taking charge of an atmosphere creates and gives the sinner the ability to make the decision for himself without the influence of the strong man dictating to him what is being said. Many churches are ignorant of spiritual warfare, and this is the reason for their lack of freedom and their lack of success. You can mock me, you can laugh at me, you can call me a fanatic, you can call me weird and crazy, but I'm here to tell you this pastor still believes in spiritual warfare. I still believe in getting up and saying, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. And that influence, it's over the, the influence of the sinner and that, that 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 lie and deception. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I still believe in spiritual warfare of loosening the anointing. Of Point atmosphere. I still believe in calling down God's angels down into the mist to get involved. I believe in cursing the enemy and coming against the enemy to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. I still believe in spiritual warfare. Yeah. Do you believe it with me? I say, Do you believe it with me? When we believers learn and accept our God-given authority and exercise our faith, the dark, evil, destructive powers that control the unsaved begin to lose their power. Right. Are you listening to me? The strong man becomes bound and the sinner will be able for the first time to experience an open heaven. And there will be liberty upon those that minister so the word can penetrate and prick their hearts. Oh, hallelujah, we don't only need the strong man bound, we need this cast to have liberty. We need them to be able to flow. We don't need their minds trying to fight for every thought fight forever line and get up here and it's like you're pulling a wagon and it's like you can't concentrate because the demonic forces are so strong I know what it's like to preach like that. And it's miserable to get up here and study a message and you get up all excited and all of a sudden you come against brass heavens and you come against strongholds and the enemy just floods in and tries to warfare you and your mind begins to be locked up and everything about you, it's like you're sitting there pulling your guts out to try to just get a word out and you're you're fought and you're buffeted and you're doing everything you know just to do what you know to do and to try to be successful. That's a miserable thing. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit here that these paths can flow under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and if spontaneity comes they can be used of the Holy Ghost we need this place right here to be free that when sinners come in with a heavy load all of a sudden they begin to be able to lift themselves up because there's a freedom and a liberty and for the first time they taste what it's like to be under an open heaven where the presence of God is at and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty oh hallelujah help me preach Lord Luke 10, 17 and 18, when Jesus sent out the 70, you remember that? Gave them power. They went out laying hands on people, preaching the gospel, and their souls were saved. Listen to their statement on their return. Verse 17 of chapter 10 of Luke says, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. We always want to focus on the... Another verse that we think comes right after it, don't it comes three verses later, where Jesus says, Well, don't rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your name's written in heaven. Oh, that's wonderful, yes. But listen to what he says prior to that. Listen to Jesus' response. He says in verse 18, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 18 says, And behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and upon scorpions, and over every power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Did you hear what he said? Did you catch it? And then the next verse says, but don't rejoice because your are spiritually subject to you, but rejoice because your name's are written in heaven. Rejoice because you're a candidate of the anointing. Jesus said that as they went out preaching the gospel, Jesus said, I seen you go out, I, I sent you out. And as I seen you go out, and you were casting out devils, you were healing the sick. He said, I saw something that you didn't see. He said, I saw Satan fall from heaven. <laughs> Woo! I seen the prince and the power of the region start falling. As you walked in that region, as you started going into that town, as you started going to that little village, and you started preaching the gospel, and things begin to happen, he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven. You know what he was saying? He said that the kingdom of Satan was beginning to weaken as they exercised their spiritual authority as believers. If they can do that over a whole town, a whole village, a whole region, can we not do that up on this hill right here this morning? Can we not begin to exercise authority for the next five nights? Uh, I want everybody that can come, come every night. Fill this place up. You, We got guests coming, and they need your anointing. They need your hand to touch, your hand of love. They need your prayers. They need your intercessory. We got people coming, and this ought to be the time that the church shines the best that it should ever shine. We got to get involved in this thing. It's more more than just an event that a few people put on. This is a church event. We pray for it. We prepare for it. We plan for it. We put everything off on the side. There's been people says, "When around Christmas, nothing gets done except Christmas. You got that right because Christmas brings in more people than any other event that we have. This is our main event. Let us do it with grace and dignity and authority and anointing and let us be our best to free people for the kingdom of God. Amen. Oh, praise God. Jesus said, I've seen Satan's kingdom weakening that you've done that. We need to come against the demonic realm that holds people captive. Right here this morning. Amen. In order to take the good men's stuff from the strong man and receive an inheritance among them that are sanctified, then we have to bind that strong man. You know, so many churches are just ignorant to spiritual authority. And spiritual warfare, and you know in Exodus 17 we see that when Moses began to take the children of Israel toward their inheritance, guess what? Verse uh, Exodus 17 verse eight says, "It says then came Amalek." Isn't that not? Isn't that not strange? The minute that Moses starts to do the will of God and take the children of Israel toward the promise, here comes Amalek. We know who Amalek was. We know if you trace the seed long enough, he comes from, he comes from the seed of Esau, the seed of flesh. Not the seed of, not the seed of Jacob, the seed of the spirit, but he comes from the seed of Esau. And we also know through that bloodline was the giants. Amalek were the giants of the land. Moses met Amalek at Rephidim and Israel began to battle them. And Moses gives Joshua some marching orders. Joshua, the anointing, the one that means salvation. He tells Joshua, he says, go down to the chil- with the children of Israel and fight against Amalek in the valley. But then he says something very profound and strange in Exodus 17 and 9. It says, and Moses said to Joshua, choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Joshua, go get you the men that you know that'll fight. That's what he's saying. Get the good qualified men. Go up against Amalek in the valley. And tomorrow, when, we, when you go to fight, I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Now notice something, by the natural it seemed that Moses was avoiding the battle. It appears that he was searching out a secure place for himself. While Joshua and the children of Israel were fighting Amalek down in the valley, here was Moses standing with his brother and another her upon top of a mountain afar off from the battle. It appeared that Moses was a coward, doesn't it? Here's Joshua having the hard part, drawing the swords going down there and fighting the battle. That's like our cast fighting the battle up here in a program, fighting the demonics, trying to present the gospel, trying to win people to the Lord. That's the battle. It's a real battle. While the rest of us has got a duty upon our hands, we've got to do what Moses done. It appeared that Moses was sacrificing the children of Israel in war, a war that they could not win because they were fighting against Amalek, the giants of the land. These were mighty men from anywhere from eight foot tall to 13 foot tall, and they were warriors. They were mighty, and they were big. The children of Israel was outnumbered. The children of Israel was outsized, and it seemed like, what are you making us go down and fight these big giants for? But Moses was not in that battle in the natural. But I want you to notice where Moses was at again in Exodus 17, verse 10 and 11. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and he fought with Amalek, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up on top of the mountain. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. Are you getting the picture? You see where I'm going with this thing? Let me ask you a question here this morning. Do you want the strong man to prevail this week or do you want our cash to prevail? That's what I want to ask you. Just as the victory of Moses determined the outcome of Joshua's battle, even so we determine the outcome of this cash battle this week. We determine if this play is going to be successful or if it's not going to be successful. We as a church, are we buying into the vision of what's taking place around? Do we understand the purpose? This is more than just presenting Christmas. It's presenting Jesus. Can I have an amen? We determine if the play is going to make it and be successful or not. You and I do. Battles in the natural are won or lost in the realm of the spiritual. Do you not understand that? Let me say that again. The battles of the natural are won or lost in the realm of the spiritual. If the spiritual disciplines of the church does not show up and back this play, then we are doing everything in vain here today. The misconception of most churches is that Moses was not involved in the battle law, but if it wasn't for Moses, the children of Israel would have never won that battle. His battle was more intense than Joshua's battle was. As long as Moses kept his hands up, Israel prevailed in the battle. But the minute that Moses put his hands down Amalek, the giant, the strong man, would prevail in battle. Let me ask you a question. How much have you interceded over this play? How much have you prayed over it? I'm not involved. I'm not invo- My children are not involved, so I'm just sitting on the back scenes. We're just going to come and watch a pretty play. If that's your concept, then you don't have any kind of Chris- Christian principles working in your life at all. Woo! Can I have an amen? We're not doing a play just to be doing a play. We're doing it for a reason. We got a purpose behind it. We got a vision to fulfill. Can I have an amen? And if we, right now, we're going to change some things right here this morning because we're about to charge this place this place is going to come an inhabitation of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is going to reign upon the grounds of the palace. When them sinners turn and start coming up that hill, they're going to feel a drawing presence like you have never felt. When they get out of their car, they're going to think something spooky around here. As they come into the end of the door, they're going to sit and they're going to tremble. When they walk in the sanctuary, they're going to be humbled and the strong man and the bondages and the chains and the enslavement and the lies and the deception are going to fall off and they're going to receive the invitation to an open heaven of the refreshing from the presence of God. Do you believe that with me? Amen. Was somebody getting this message with me here today? Can I have an amen? Moses got weary in the battle, however. His arms got tired and heavy. I know what it's like to intercede like that to where you're just literally wore out. I preach, I work the altars, and there's times when I get done working them altars, every ounce of my body aches. It hurts. I'm tired, I'm weary, I strain, I stress. I work, I labor. It's hard work. It's hard work to go up and there's a strong man on someone's life and you said that before you can ever even penetrate to that person and talk to that person, you have to break down the stronghold first. Amen? And sometimes breaking a strong man's heart, he's strong. And you have to sit there and war and you fight and then finally you get an open heaven and then you pray with a man and then they receive the Lord and they start getting touched and they start getting blessed. And then before you look up and there's 50 more needing the same thing and you're one man or two men, whatever, and you say, oh my goodness, are we ever going to get done with this? And you're sitting there and when you go home, you just flop down on the couch and say, I don't even know if I got enough strength to go back to church this morning, tonight. I want to tell you, that's real warfare. It's real warfare when you get down on your knees and you begin to pray and not just pray, but pray through. Have you? There's a big difference. And let me tell you, there's a difference between touching heaven and just praying petitional prayers. There's a difference between intercessory and supplication and petitioning. There's a difference in anguish. When you get down and you don't even know what you need to be praying but the spirit of God moves upon you with moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered and it's like you're birthing something in the spirit. It feels like you're a pregnant lady and all of a sudden you pregnant ladies that's had children, you know what kind of travail you're in. That's the same kind of travail that people get under when they carry a heavy burden in the spirit. They're travailing to birth something in the spirit. It's warfare. It's hard. It's hard work. And yet people come in bound. Let me explain something to you. When a man comes in with his family, there's three or four of them and they're bound, they're sinners and they sit down on a pew. And then another couple comes in, there's two of them and another one comes in and another one comes in. Guess what happens? You begin to get outweighed because there's more giants in the land than there is us. Hello? The Amalek's come in. And all of a sudden, when the Amalek's come in, it changes the atmosphere if you're not careful. Amen. It binds the atmosphere. Then the plays up here beating themselves up to death trying to penetrate the strong men's influences and the power of the heavenlies that's bound and captivated by strong men that's not been dealt with. But that ain't gonna happen at the power of praise this week. Lord's done put it in my spirit and I've already been travailing. And let me tell you, if I can get all of you to pray with me, and if I can get you on the scene with me, when they come in, the strong man has to leave his influence at the door. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. When that strong man's upon the backs of those people and they turn up that driveway, I can hear one of them say, I think I'm getting out of here. I don't think I want to go to the top of that hill. I want to tell you there's something up there I don't want to tangle with. There's something up there greater than I. There's something up there that I've never dealt with before. And I want to tell you it's time that we understand what I'm preaching is spiritual authority and truth. And God wants his church to be active this week in order that the strong man's that's upon the back of the sinners will be bound so that the sinner can be Saved. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord praise. (laughs) Moses gets tired. He can't handle it. I can hear some of the naysayers in the camp of Israel. Oh, look at Aaron. He don't have to fight. He's Moses' brother. Let me tell you, Aaron fought more than the people did down in that valley. Because when Moses got tired. Aaron and her got a hold of the hands of Moses and lifted them up. Are you willing to lift up your cast here today? The cast cannot do this on their own. They've prayed. They are anointed. They are doing everything that they know to do, but they're like a Moses. They get tired. They got physical bodies. They've been up here hours upon hours, things that you don't even see taken behind the scenes. The warfare just to get here into practice is unbelievable. Amen. The war that they go through, the minute their mind's made up to get actively involved, the enemy attacks them. And they fight and struggle for months because the enemy's out to try to stop them from performing. Can I have any, am, I, am, I, am I preaching all right this morning? Now well, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 18 and 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done of them which my, from my Father which is in heaven. Listen to what he says in Matthew 16, 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I still believe in that. The preaching of the gospel, the leading and worship, the ministry of productions must be preceded by intercessory and prayer and warfare. It has to be. There has to be spiritual warfare that addresses the strong man. We have to deal with the black, dark, negative forces that comes in the backs of those that are unsaved. We have to rise up in power and take our city for Jesus Christ. I'm willing to take it. Are you? This is the beginning of it. You know, the Bible says that we can't be ignorant of Satan's devices because the Bible says if we do, he will take advantage of us. That's what he says. If we, we have to recognize Moses in this fight, because a lack of discernment is nothing more than surrender by default to the strong man. If we don't see our purpose, if we don't see and engage in this thing, then we default. We default on our own. We just give it over to him to say, you know, you can, these guys worked all in vain. And this is going to come to naught because we don't see the actual warfare that we have to do in order to make it successful. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. This is why there are texts in verse 10. He says, be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, O ye judges of the earth. We got to be wise about our spiritual warfare. If you want a city, if you want possessions, be wise, O ye kings, be instructed. Take it by force, the violent, take it by force. Amen? You and I got to understand it, the very things we're wanting to see happen are not gonna happen if we don't engage ourselves in the war to make it happen. How many wants their sons and daughters and children, their neighbors, their friends, their community saved? Everybody wants a safe school, and we're putting all these programs in the schools, putting armed personnel there, and I'm for all of that, and there's nothing against that. But I want to tell you what's going to make our school safe is when righteousness begins to reign throughout our land. Amen. It's when we take this place by storm. It's when everybody that teaches there is a Christian, and everybody that leaves there is a Christian. And it's when this whole, whole place begins to be changed little by little and bit by bit by the power of the anointing of a church that's willing to go out and say, this city is mine. Can I have an amen? If there's no spiritual covering over this production, it will be nothing but that but a production. And people will say, oh, how good and how nice and how sweet and how pretty that was. I don't want it to be good. I want it to be liberating. I don't want it to just be nice. I want it to be penetrating. I don't want it to be just sweet. I want it to be captivating. I don't want it to be pretty. I want it to be powerful. I want it to make a difference. Can I have an amen? But if we're gonna go into spiritual warfare and take our God-given authority and exercise our faith, souls will be saved. The bound will be loosed. The, the, the blind will see and the captive will be freed. We're here to set some captives free this week. Oh, I'm, I'm anxious to say. Look at verse nine of our text. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And though we think they're strong, they're only strong by the amount that we've allowed them to intimidate us to think that they're strong. It's like when the ten spies come over and said they seen the giants in the land, they say, we be like grasshoppers in their sight. They're only strong by the power that we give them to be strong because there's nothing more powerful than faith in God. And God, with God, there's nothing impossible to them that believe. In His name, what can we do? We can do all kinds of mighty things, can't we? But notice this. Notice this, that you and I have got to get to the place that we look at them as nothing more than strong men, as vessels of potter's clay. I was going to bring a clay pitcher today and I thought, well if I do that I'm going to have to clean up the mess and I'm too lazy to do that so I didn't bring it. (laughs) My wife's got a little clay pot that she puts plants in it's kind of cracked anyway. She said, you can have that one. And I was going to get it up here and I was going to show you how easy it is to take a little chisel or something and just bang against that clay pot and it'll crumble. And though the strong man roars, he looks big, he's a giant, I want to tell you he's nothing but potter. And the eyes of faith. We can take it and we can crumble him to pieces with the rod of arm. What's the rod of arm? The word of God. The word of God can penetrate and penetrate and penetrate till that strong man crumbles like potter in the hands of a mighty God that can crush it. Can I have an amen? The people of this region is not gonna be freed until there is a weakening of Satan's kingdom when we exercise our rights and our authority as believers. You and I got to do that this morning. I preached short this morning for a purpose. I think I did. I feel like I have. And if you don't think I have, I'm going to preach another hour to prove you wrong. (laughs) Kenny Foster gave me a testimony this week that was outstanding. I had to go to a board of directors meeting in in Sevierville, Tennessee. His father-in-law had died and I went over to visit with him at his house and And then, of course, Lisa had died the next morning. And as a pastor, I had to be at this meeting because by Tennessee state law, all of the board of directors have to be there or we could lose a lot of funding and different things over the school. So I had to be there. And so I gave him my condolences and tried to stay with him as much as I could to comfort him. And while I went to comfort him, he comforted me. And though it was hard upon him, he looked at me and he said, Pastor, I want to tell you a story. He said, my father-in-law, we used to, Lisa wrote me a letter before she died. The night before she died, she gave me a text, a letter, a letter text on my phone, and she spelled it out. About 31 years she had prayed for her father to be saved. Anguished over him for 31 solid years. Last year, I guess it was last year, or maybe the year before, I don't even know when it happened, but I was assuming it was last year. Kenny said, when you go up to my father and saw and try to tell him about the Lord. He'd say, shut up, I don't want to hear that." He's kind of a hard man. Didn't want to hear that stuff and he'd become very vocal, very bold. Didn't want to be invited to church, didn't want none of that, that nonsense. That was the kind of man he was. And he said, one day we just invited him to come to the church for the Christmas program. What well, is it a Christmas program. They're not gonna be preaching at me. He come in and he sat down and during that production, After 31 years of prayer over that man, Lisa had bound that strong man. And there he sat in that program and wept like a baby and gave his heart and life, him and his wife both, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, some people say, ah, oh, well, we hear that all the time, but we don't see no fruits of it. Well, let me tell you, have seen the fruits of that because the next Sunday he was in our church and he'd been coming every time he could. He was a very sick man. He wasn't able to come that much. The next Sunday he was in our church and Kenny said, I looked over at him and instead of seeing an old rough man, I seen a sweet man with his hands raised toward heaven, magnifying the Lord with tears coming down his face. <laughs> Transformed, renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Kenny said this to me, he said, whatever you do, Pastor, please, whatever you do with such passion. He said, don't ever stop having that play. Don't ever stop having that production. Don't ever stop allowing that to happen because people will come to that when they won't come to anything else. And they don't understand that when they get there, the gospel is going to be presented to them in a mighty way. Hallelujah! Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I know we got to be back here, but I want us to do something this morning. I want everybody that's in the cast, I want you to come up here and I want you to line up right along this. Right, every, every one of you, come up here. I don't care if you're involved in the back scenes of setting up furniture, doing whatever. If you're involved in this play, I want you to come up here. Look how many he's involved in this thing. Hallelujah. Give them the Lord praise for this. I want you to turn around and face the congregation. (laughs) Congregation, you need them. Without them, you're not going to have a production. Cast, you need them because without them, you're not going to have success. It's that simple. We are a body fitly framed together in every joint supply of need to the rest of the body of Christ. They need us and we need them. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something with me. We're going to do two things. We're going to move fastly. We're first of all going to have as many as we can to get in front of them and behind them them on this stage. And what we're going to be doing is praying over them and asking God to anoint them and help them keep them in good health. They got five nights of this, flus are going around and all kinds of stuff. We got to have them in good health. And we're praying for as they give their lives, to give it under the anointing that they're free to give it. There'll be an open heaven on it, there won't be no hindrance. We pray that their children stay safe. We pray that the attacks of the enemy will be lifted off of them. We bind the enemy upon them. And what we're doing is like what Ur and Aaron done to Moses. We're lifting their hands up. Then when we get done with that, we're all going to look towards them back doors and we're going to bind and we're going to lose things over the people that ain't even here yet. We're going to bind the hindrances. We're going to bind the influences. We're going to bind the lives, the deception. Upon the people, we're going to pray that and bind that as they come through those doors Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. We're going to loose the anointing upon them. We're going to loose the chains upon them. We're going to loose them from the strong man. We're going to go into some prayer and intercessory. Is that all right here this morning? And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to flow in the anointing the next five services, and what we're going to see is the actual nations, our inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the world for our possession. We're going to see souls saved like we've never seen before in this place. Hallelujah. You believe that with me? Hey, guys, the Lord laid this on my heart. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. We're not just preaching a good sermon. He's got a plan behind the purpose of the sermon. God already foresees who's coming to this place and who needs to be set free. If just one is set free, it's worth the whole world. So I want everybody that can gather in behind them and in front of them. Come on, let's move fast. Holy Spirit, hold shut up behind you. Hallelujah. Now we're going to the hard part. You've heard the good part. You've got you all excited about the sermon. Now it's time to put the sermon to practice. Are you ready to practice what you just heard? Put it. Now start laying hands upon them and praying over them. Binding the influence of the enemy. Binding the strong men that would come against them. Loosen the anointing upon them. Praying for their health. Praying for their safety. Praying for their peace of mind. Praying for their children. Praying for their home. Hadamoshadamahaya. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we come against every force that is against our caste. We pray health, healing, and wholeness over them as they deliver. We pray for the sweet liberty of, of the Holy Spirit. We pray for open heavens upon their minds, upon their hearts, upon their lives. We pray that they'll have a liberating message in this play. We pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that every obstacle that is against them shall be crushed. Every hindrance shall be brought down. Every strong thing that exalts itself shall be destroyed in the in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray liberty and we pray wholeness and anointing upon them, Father. We lift their hands, oh God. We are the urns, we are the herons, and we lift their hands toward heaven, God. And we pray right now for the sweet liberty over this house. We pray, God, for the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to touch your cast in a special way as they're used of you, Lord. God, bless them with their efforts. Bless them with your Holy Spirit and anoint them, God, and break the yoke upon the backs of the people God that come into this place in the name of Jesus Christ right now we're believing Father we're believing for a harvest we're believing for it Father in the name of Jesus Christ Lord loose loose and set free this place with the liberty of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus okay now I want us all to turn towards those doors I want us all to turn towards those doors. Start binding and loosening the things that you know to do. Pray for the sinner. Pray over the sinner. Say, God, every sinner that comes in, let him have an open heaven, God. Bind the things that are distracting him. Bind the spirit of intimidation. Bind the spirit of fear. Bind the spirit of lying, hypocrisy that's supported, God, by the strong man. We bind the strong man's influence. We bind the strong man's captivity. We Shall loose the change. We loose the spirit that the man might be free, God. In the name I of Jesus right now, God, people. let the sinner be saved. Let the, the sinner be set free, God. Let him receive the anointing of the, the Holy God Ghost, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let God so every soul come to you, Father. To all the Holy Lord, Spirit's conviction without forever. the spirit of God, Father, the kingdom be saved. Let the Lord touch still. Let them Lord come Oh God, in the name of Jesus, right now, Father, right now, our not see of all of the Oh, oh! Oh God, have Your way in this place. Have Your way in this place. We surrender to You right now, Father. We surrender to You right now, our hearts, our lives, and we petition and we get a seed, and we supplicate. Oh God, over this service, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let us be surprised and overwhelmed with the amount of people saved and liberated this year. I ask it in Jesus' name. Touch right and rest on. and heal his body. Touch his, his heart and give liberating power. The God this week and let him join in now that he has birthed his so spirit in the name of Jesus. Lord, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, now, forever. if you believe that the prayers that you have prayed and agreed you shall have an effect, give God got Praise! On, that. God bless you, we want to see you here in every service that you can, in Jesus' name.